welcome to the Tailored Life Podcast, the one and only fitness and nutrition podcast that goes way beyond just training and nutrition and helps you create a life by design. I'm your host, Cody McBroom, and today with me, I have special guest, Andreas. I'm not going to say your last name. Don't do it. I can't roll just the L's. leave it. Yeah, I'm just going to leave it. <laughs> My uh, friend, business partner, mentor, he has been on the podcast numerous times, and today we're going to do uh, all things personal development and business. So I think this is going to be a good chat. And obviously, this podcast is brought to you by, you guessed it, Tailored Life <laughs> Apparel. Uh, so head over to tailoredlifeapparel.co. Uh, the website is on lock, but you can go there. You can put your email in there. We will not spam you. We don't send a bunch of newsletters on that stuff. But you can get early access to the next drop, drop number two, which is going to be in the second quarter of the year. Uh, we're not going to give a specific date yet, but we are thinking Q2, probably in February, but you will be the first to know if you're on that list. You will get early access before anybody else can to actually purchase some of the stuff. And the drop is called The Underrated Overachievers, which I'm excited about um, that we are trying to trademark that. Um, really cool, actually. We haven't really talked much about it on the podcast, but I think it's something that like, hey, did we talk about it last time on the podcast, actually? About what exactly? The Underrated Overachievers. No. No. Which is very... It's, that was still too early. The amount of times that I've said overrated underachievers <laughs> by accident. You and texted then, that to me multiple times. You're like, man, that sounds like <laughs> a pathetic ass. Overrated. <laughs> We're overrated <laughs> and we don't even try that hard. Um, but I loved it because it, it just like... I was trying... It was actually that... Uh, I don't remember. It's called like five-step branding or the big book of branding or something. It's just this huge red book. Really cool that goes through, I mean, the like... Uh, Remember the Voss water bottles oh, was yeah. glass? Yeah, it goes yeah, through like yeah. that and uh, like Virgin Airlines. Right. Yeah, just different right. like companies and examples right. and, about branding. And I was like thinking and thinking and thinking. I'm like, what represents us and who we're trying to create this for? Mm -hmm. And then that popped in my head. And it's like the idea of being overrated from a standpoint of like no silver spoon, like things mm -hmm. didn't get handed to you. You got to create it for yourself. Like, or people doubting you and exactly. then you still make something happen anyway. And then you keep making shit happen. Like mm -hmm. that's what we want to not only like represent from ourselves, but also the people who already do that. And I would say people who maybe are letting that overrated aspect kind of like crush them, you know, right, people are right. doubting you. And so you're right. not trying, mm -hmm. but man, I, I don't know about you, but, and it's, it's a very, it's, it's ironic. Cause it's kind of like a double edged sword, but at one point when people doubt you, it like fuels you. Right. And you got this like chip on your shoulder. Mm hmm where people usually say the chip on your shoulder like it's a negative thing. But like I always looked at it as like, okay. <laughs> you it know? makes you hungry, right? Yeah. Right, and right. then but at a certain point when you do the work, those same people will stop doubting you. They're like, right. okay, like I see right. you. Right. And then you're like, no. Like doubt me. Because that, right. that right. fuels me. Right. But I don't even know how to explain that to people when they talk to me about it or when people say the chip on your shoulder because it's looked at as a negative thing. But I don't mm -hmm. like I feel like it's a it can be a positive thing. I I just think it's one of those things that can be used either or, right? I mean Early on for me in business, it was a negative thing, right? Like, oh, like, don't do anything. Don't do anything. Because it's always, at least the way I was taught, it was always connected to emotion, mm. right? And, like, you don't want to make those type of decisions based off of emotion. Um, and for me, early on, it, it got me in trouble trying to go with the, like, oh, you're going to doubt me? Okay. Or you're not going to give me a seat at the table? Okay. That type yeah. of thing. Um, but it got me in trouble because I was solely focusing on the emotional response and not really thinking it through on even just like the factual side of things to make decisions. It was yeah. just strictly like, I'm going to do it just because you said no. Yeah. Or I'm going to do it just because you told me I couldn't. Even if I would have looked at the facts, it was like, don't do it. You end up <laughs> doing too many things. Right. 
Right. You're just trying right. a bunch I, of shit. I just try, yeah. And I, you, and, you know, you overload what it is that you can actually do at a high level, and now you're spread too thin. Yeah. Right? And and once you're at that point, then, I mean, it's, it's pretty obvious you're not giving 100% to anything, let alone sometimes not even 50%. Yeah. And then you wonder why you have a lot of things that are in motion but never come to fruition. Mm. Actually, I got a couple good questions for you that didn't come in, but that I have been asked or I've talked to clients about, and it would be interesting to hear your thoughts on. Mm -hmm. Number one, like multitasking from two standpoints. One, like in the moment, Mm -hmm. I'm working on multiple things at once, being productive, but also like goals, businesses, stuff like that. Like what do you think is appropriate and realistic? Because I I read like this thing about uh, basically the way your brain actually operates, like multitasking it doesn't right. happen. Right, right, So right. I think in the moment, it's kind of obvious, like, mm-hmm. people need to, like, delegate, time block, but, like, right. some people, like you just said, like, you have all these things in motion, but nothing's going on. Well, like, what's the limit? Like, how many things can you have in motion without it? And is it experience level? Like, what is that? Well, I think, for one, yeah, it's, ex- <clears throat> excuse me, it's experience level, but I also think it's very individual, right? So, for instance, <clears throat> I have a client right now, and when we talk about even like on the mental side of things like ADHD and that type of stuff, mm-hmm. right? That has to come in and play a factor in it. So for someone to multitask, let's say we have four things going on, but I know for a fact that I can't focus on one more, like if I was going to time block a day and say, I'm going to dedicate two hours for this and then two hours for the two. Mm-hmm. Two hours for someone that's got ADHD is a long time to be focused on one thing, yeah. right? So in that specific situation, I would encourage do it for 15 or 20 minutes and then go to something for 15 or 20 minutes and then go to something else and then come back and really mm-hmm. just play that over and over again. Cause in my experience, that is how you, one, you kind of keep the senses going. Right. And you don't get, you don't feel like you're bogged down by trying to do the same thing over yeah. and over again for a couple hours. Right now for the majority of the people that and you got to test that too, 100%. I will say, because I know for me, 100%. like speaking from somebody who does have ADHD, yeah. like, there's certain things I have to do that. And then there's certain things where like I can actually push the time a little bit because I'm more interested in it or whatever. But I know for me that 90 minute, two hours at max, but usually 90 minutes is like, no matter what it is, right? that's my like. And for me, it's 60. Yeah. Like on, and sometimes even before, right? Mm -hmm. But again, it's, it's almost kind of like baby steps, right? Like if, if, if a new client signs up and we're talking about this and this seems, you know, after a month or so having the conversation, it seems to be the issue. Then, we also have to kind of take the step back and say, first off, what is it that you're working on? Are you just working on something just to fulfill a time slot and to seem like you're busy and, and to seem that you're doing more than one thing? Because let's be honest, in society nowadays, that's how you're you know, productive mm-hmm. is you don't just do one thing. Like you've, you've got a bunch of things going on, yeah. right? But not everybody can swing that, especially when if we look under the hood and we find out the reasoning why you're doing the third or fourth thing, and there's really no connection there other than just you wanted to add something else to your table, yeah. then those two things are going to hinder the first two things that you really do want to accomplish from actually getting somewhere, right? So the, the, the million-dollar question is always, what is too much? And it really is an ongoing experiment for every individual, right? I've got clients that are, can do four or five things at the same time at a high level. I've got others that max at two. Yeah. Right. And I think once experience comes into play and more individual experience, you know when to pull back, when to push, when to pull back. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I know you and I talked we, even a couple of years ago when we were talking about TLA, like, are, were you ready? Were yeah. you ready? And it was, it was a simple formula of just, okay, well, first let's look at TCM, which is 
your baby, yeah. right? And it's almost like at what point are you going to be ready to let your baby kind of do its own thing, not 24-7, but for the majority of the time where you can allot some time for the new thing. Yeah. It's not crawling anymore. It's walking. Exactly. I think there's a – I always get into like the the discipline aspect of a lot of this stuff too, and I think discipline plays a big role in this part. But there's like a subconscious level mm-hmm. of that uh, multitasking too mm-hmm. because – I was actually talking to Shannon about this. Uh, she she was going to show me something. She went to her browser, and it was like, which tab? And it was like, tap, 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 on her phone. <laughs> right, and I was, right. there was like all these squares. And I literally was like, holy shit. She's like, I, well, I just don't want to get rid of it because I'm still like. <laughs> still working and on I it. showed her mine, and there was two. Right. And one of them is the uh, tailcoachingmethod.com slash links. Mm-hmm. And the reason I have that there is because if anybody on Instagram asked me for, hey, did you have you ever written a blog on this or this? Straight to it. Boom. Right. I just, you know, I always right. have it there. And then the other one's whatever I'm looking at. Right. But to me, if I have too many of those open or if I'm working on this and I have my journal open and it has a different topic or if I have a different window mm-hmm. that I can see open or anything, it's still a subconscious distraction to that right. thing. Oh, and yeah. I like, I'm like, dude, I got to eliminate all this shit. Right. I got to put my phone to my desk. Mm-hmm. Do not disturb. Otherwise, my ADHD kicks in and I'm like, squirrel brain. Yep. You know, I do it on the weekends too. I can't like sit still. <laughs> I'm like, and you know what? Like this is actually... You've taught me a lot about this over time is like uh, trying to like kind of sit and think and, and uh, just become aware of what you're doing mm-hmm. in actions. And I had to have a conversation with Shannon about that where I was like, hey, I know you don't get it because you don't act this way. But like if you respond to me a certain way, it makes me feel stupid and I'm just going to do it no matter what. So like right. an example of this where we like fixed the situation and I was like proud of us. <laughs> it was Sunday and Blakely wanted to watch cartoon stuff and it was after the snow had hit and like this one branch kind of came over our backyard and I'm like staring at it and it's not harming anybody. Right, it's like right. a small branch, right. but I was like, I'm going to get the ax out and chop that soon. And she was like, Oh yeah, you should. And then I'm like, I'm gonna go do that now. And I like <laughs> start getting my gloves. I'm like, I'm right, gonna go right. chop this branch. And she was like, Hey, I know you want to chop that, but you know, Blakely wants to watch. Could you chop it later? And I kind of looked at her and she gave me that look and I was like, yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> right, right. So I went and sat by Blakey, but like normally she would say something like, right. "Like you don't have to chop that shit right, right now. Right, Your right, daughter right, wants right, to watch." Right. And then I would be stubborn and the be approaches like, everything. "Okay, yep. watch me. Yeah, I'm yeah. chopping that shit." Yeah, yeah. But um, becoming aware of how you respond, react allows you to eliminate certain things. You mm-hmm. know, like I now I can go in the day and be more intentional before I even think about doing it or say I'm going to do it. Think about who else needs my energy right, right now? What else exactly. is going on? You know, how is mm-hmm. this going to impact it? But that's all like subconscious shit that makes it way more but, hard. But again, the experience comes into play, right? And also having that other voice, mm-hmm. right? Because sometimes the other voice, and you know, I go through this with my clients, even when we're just doing our check-ins, it's one simple question can kind of snap you back into, like, it just makes sense, yeah, right? And all these other things that I told myself, I was pretty much just lying to myself trying to feel better about a certain situation, but it's like, like the writing's on the wall. It's, it, this is what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's having, again, if you don't have that process, if you don't have, it's finding that process of how, even if I have to do it to myself, how can I make sure that I go back to what I'm supposed to be doing instead of just going off and, you know, chasing everything that's scattered at that yeah. point. That, that kind of ties me to actually the second question I was going to ask you to get your thoughts on mm-hmm. how to, look at something logically instead of emotionally. You said that with the business aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, multitasking and stuff. I think a lot of people struggle there. And every, uh, it seems like every time I have a conversation with a client, usually for me, it's around like food and, mm-hmm. and nutrition. Mm-hmm. If somebody's training too much or eat, not eating enough and they're starting to burn out. And it's like, do like, if I ask the logical questions in their mind, they're like, 
well, duh. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, so why, right. why aren't you doing this? Right, right, right. Well, it's obviously an emotional thing. Right. And that's where sometimes it gets to a block. Cause I'm like, man, I don't really, I don't always know how to change that emotional thing. Cause right. sometimes the logical side clicks with them. And then the mm-hmm. next day they're right back to emotional mm-hmm. where my brain's so logical that if you tell me once and then I like think about it, I'm like, oh yeah, okay. It just clicks. It clicks. Right. But like, how do you get people to shift to start thinking that way? So it's repetitive, right? It's consistent. And again, I, you know, I have check-ins with clients once a week or twice a week. That's just what goes right. Mm-hmm. And obviously it's going to be five or six days before I talk to you again. Mm-hmm. So can we create a check-in system for yourself, right? Or if you have a significant other, like, hey, you might need to hire them to come in and every day just ask a specific question that's going to make you. Now, again, the approach is everything, right? Yeah. You don't want to come in and make somebody feel dumb or stupid. And then, like, again, just for that reaction, they're going to keep doing it just mm-hmm. despite. Yeah. Um, but it's really, for me, it's removing the emotion from a lot of things, Right, because it's strictly based off of numbers. My mind works in numbers, mm-hmm. um, and easier said than done for some people because they're so used to and they've been used to reacting emotionally. Yeah. Right, but it's always finding that trigger. It's always finding the why, obviously. Right, and again, this goes back to like peeling off the layers and really getting down to the thick of it. Of why is it that you keep reacting emotionally? Right, and obviously, there's history there. There's upbringing family dynamic, whatever it was. But once we can get to whatever's going to, just like we can find what triggers you to go the wrong way, we can find a trigger to kind of snap you back into place, Mm -hmm. right? And for me, it's repetitive. It has to be, for some people, every four or five hours, right? For some people, once a day, you know, and then we start moving. And once it starts clicking into, I know what triggers me to go here, so I know what I can trigger myself to come back, Mm -hmm. right? But it's repetitive consistent and it's really kind of breaking into the subconscious as well because that's where it all comes from right your experiences and your upbringing and all whether it was trauma or not that's what makes you react without even thinking right i think you got to be uh i don't know if transparent i mean it it is transparent but vulnerable Mm -hmm. you got to be extremely vulnerable even with yourself because uh, i've used the example for people to like if they're they're worried about judgment when they're like on a diet and they're trying to watch what they eat in public or with family anything and I've always been, I'm a, like, this is not saying like, yeah, bring your Tupperware to family. Right, like, right, no, right. it's ridiculous. But like, if you want to skip out on the beer or whatever, that's mm-hmm. your decision. You know, your mouth, you feed yourself. But like telling people, hey, nobody, like if anybody gives you shit, it's most likely that they have a deep rooted insecurity because mm-hmm. they're not disciplined enough to take right. action on their own goals. Right. And they feel shitty about it mm-hmm. when they see you do something about it. Right. You know? And so I think a lot of times even I can even like, I've discovered this for myself when I react a certain way and I end up apologizing about it later, mm-hmm. usually to my wife. Cause I'm like, I don't know why I reacted that way. Right. Or I don't know why that triggered me. I got to go to the journal and meditate and kind of do the deep work to figure mm-hmm. out like, why does that trigger me? And it's always an insecurity or, or a fear of judgment. That's probably not even there. You're right. projecting it out. Mm-hmm. But until you find out what that tie is like, cause I've even had, I've had, usually it is, it's other athletes or coaches that I've worked with who have this problem of under eating. Right. And to them, if they don't, consistently show up as this like ripped athletic professional specimen, then nobody will give them credibility. Mm-hmm. Nobody will hire them, which right. is not, it's never the case. Right. Like I've said it a million times, <laughs> nobody who hires us or any, like they don't give a shit that right. I have abs or not. Right. My wife doesn't even care. Right. That's just my own personal, right. which makes it way but less that, pressure. But it's also you being open about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Instead of trying to play a different part. Yeah. Right? And I actually just had a, a client shoot me a screenshot yesterday because she struggled with, 
always saying yes because she didn't want the negative reactions, mm-hmm. right? Even going out, right? Yeah. Like, man, I'm tired, but like, I don't want to start feeling, I don't want to be like the outcast that I'm not showing up. Um, and it was a big breaking moment for her because, you know, it, it goes back to, again, we peel the layers. And it's like, if you're consistent around this group of people and this group of people is what actually makes you feel bad for what you're doing to better yourself, then it's the environment, yeah. <laughs> right? But remember, it's your decision to keep putting yourself into that environment. Mm-hmm. But if we know that that's the trigger, then how about if you just remove yourself from the environment, right? And the challenge was the next three times, at least out of the next three times you get invited, at least one time say no. And just say, and, and here's the funny thing. You can say no and still show up. But I just want you to say no just so you f- see, like you can check yourself on how you feel about yeah. that. And it's actually not going to be that bad, yeah. right? Because now there's empowerment and it's like anything, right? You do one positive thing, it, it's like a domino. Yep. You're bound to do, but if that first one doesn't fall, then the empowerment never comes. So for her, she sent me a screenshot. I was like, she's like, I literally just sent this, right? And it was long and she, and she went in to her friend. is like, this is why, and this is, and this is, and this is. And she felt really good about it. And it's like, whether that goes to the next one or not, at least she already did it. Yeah. But I guarantee you it is, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you feel good about yourself. That's that's hard too. Like that's, I mean, that's putting yourself first and like putting yourself in control, obviously, mm-hmm. of the situation, which is a good feeling. But I think the hardest part is, because I've been in that situation with numerous times, whether it's friends or family or anybody, but like being a yes man mm-hmm. and a people pleaser, mm-hmm. super guilty of that right. in the past. And, and at times still in the present, you know? But like, being able to, it's not even, a lot of times what I learned, it's not even really confronting them. Mm-hmm. A lot of times you like make this explanation of, they're like, well, that's, that's cool. Right. Like I get it. Yeah. Totally understand. You it, and you're yeah. like, fuck. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I thought you were going to disown me, you know, <laughs> right. but like that, that is, that is tough. But I think at the end of the day, like it, it goes back to just like pouring in your own cup before you can pour in others. Well, and again, it's removing those layers because mm-hmm. it's always a deeper thing that's pulling you or making you do that. Right. Yeah. And so many decisions that we make, we rely on the emotional side of things. But yet, we also know, it's almost like, you know if you eat foods that don't sit well with you, you know how you're going to feel, yeah. whether an hour later or the next morning, but yet we still do it, Yeah. right? So for me, it's always been like, what, if you're going to be a yes man or a yes woman, whatever, like, know that, mm-hmm. right? And know, again, if I eat cheese and you're lactose intolerant, I know I'm going to be sick. Yeah. You can't eat cheese and be like, I have no idea why I'm feeling crappy mm-hmm. right now, right? So again, it's 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 just accepting who it is that you really want to be. And again, this is deep work, intentional work, consistent work yeah. of just finding out even just that one question is like, who is it that I really want to be? Do I really want to be the person that is tired every morning because I keep saying yes to all these activities that I I would enjoy going, I'm not saying I'm not, but it's also causing me to not show up for the things that I really care about. Yeah. Well, and I think that, to me, that's where like, Again, the discipline aspect, it only shows up at the very first time. Because mm-hmm. even with eating, like, people ask me all the time, like, how, like, what's your favorite cheat meal? Or, like, what, like what's your, like, little, uh, your vice? Or, like, the thing, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm like, I don't, I don't really, like, eat sweets. And they're like, how? Like, you're not living or anything. I'm like, <laughs> I just, like, I don't, at this point, like, at first, it took discipline. I was a fat kid, so, like, right, yeah. right, right. But, like, at a certain point, I valued the result. Eating well gave mm-hmm. me so much on each level that I don't like, I value that more than the, the short taste of something, right. you know, sweet right. or whatever. Right. The only time I ever taste stuff like that is when my daughter wants me to. And it's mm-hmm. not because I want the taste it's because I want to see her face right. when she's so excited that I tried her cupcake exactly. that she made, right. which isn't good. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> but like the point is, is but like, you know why exactly. Right. And the discipline comes in at first, but like if, if I didn't spend years doing it, then I wouldn't know that the result 
this gives me is worth skipping out on XYZ. So yeah, like you got to have the discipline to make that first action, but then you got to be repetitive mm -hmm. and get that result so you can value that more than anything else. Right. And it's the same with training. It's the same with work. It's the same with like meditation or journaling or anything like that. Anything. You're not going to feel amazing the first time you write mm -hmm. a journal prompt, mm -hmm. but like once you can sit back in and notice the differences over time, and it's the same thing with environment. Um, I read that one book uh, by... Uh, I actually think he might have passed away unless I'm thinking of a different author, but he was uh, uh, Russell Wilson's like mental coach oh, yeah. for a while yeah, and he stuff. Away. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what is, you know what that book's called? Whatever It Takes or something like that? Yeah, I don't remember the name. But really a good book. But he talks about, he does like performance coaching with people. Mm -hmm. And one of the first things he does is like audit and change his athletes and CEOs, all those people right. he coaches, their environment. <clears throat> down to like, what are you watching on TV? What are you listening mm -hmm. to for music? And that one's hard for me because I like aggressive music. Right, right, right. But, like, when you start really listening to music, it's like, man, this rapper is saying everything I despise and am against in regards to the female. You know what I mean? Like, right. some of the music you listen to, you're like... Subconscious. I feel kind of bad listening. This mm -hmm. is fucked up. Mm -hmm. But, like, it's really good music. Right. You know, so right, it's... Right, it's right. A, but, like, the point is, if you start, like, really looking at your... And I still listen to a lot of music, so I'm not saying go that far. But right. point being, if you look through all the aspects of your environment, like, that's, like, 1% to 5% improvement one to five percent improvement one to five percent improvement you stack all those things up that you change man like over time you're a completely different right. human being but that's again the intentional work right mm -hmm. and so many times so many times people chase the habit <clears throat> for obviously the feeling of either accomplishment or they did get the result and then well i got the result so i'm out mm -hmm. right and then once they need or they fell back into the old habits, now I want to pick up that habit again, yeah. right? And there's and, and again, journaling is one of the biggest ones, right? That people are on like this journal roller coaster, <coughs> right? Because it's like, oh yeah, well, I just don't think it's doing anything. For that me anymore, meditation, right? I don't just don't think it's doing. It. And it's like it's not we're, again, we're chasing the immediate like result instead yeah. of what we know that it does for us long term. Yeah, right. It's like so if you've done it for sixty days and you feel at peace, you feel that you're checking all the boxes, right? Depending on what your prompts are and all that. But then you fall off of it and then you come back and you're like, man, I'm just, I, I feel like I've been off. I feel like I've been stressed. I feel like I'm not checking what's there, <laughs> right? Again, we, we know what works, but yet we decide to go off path and kind of like figure out like, well, well I'm good. I don't need that anymore. It's, it's prehab, not rehab, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? You do that as like a preparation to keep you in the right, right. state, not Oh shit, I'm stressed. I better start journaling again or meditating yep. again. Um, yeah, one, one other thing I thought about with all this too is like, uh, I actually thought about this pretty recently and, and I've said this to you more than once. Um, <clears throat> specifically, I, I told you this when I was referring to that book, uh, Mere, I think it's Merely Christianity or something like that. Yeah. Um, yep. But like, they use it as like, there's like holy people in your life. Right. But like, what I've told you is like, man, I swear you got like 36 hours a day. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't get it. And I like, wish. I've, uh, <laughs> I've had like issues and I, I'm talking like, I mean, what is it? It's January 13th. 13th. I had an epiphany on fucking Christmas night, like literally. So this is like brand new shit to me. But I, this is, it's weird. I had an actual like Christmas past and future like dream. Oh, okay. A ghost of, it is. Wow. Very weird. <laughs> like, and, uh, and like in the future when my dad was there and he was like telling me to act in a way that he didn't and what he regrets. Huh. Like it was, dude, it was trippy. And then the past one, I saw my uh, grandmother who like was healthy as ever, but passed away recently out of nowhere from like a weird thing that happened to her. It was like a very, I like wow. woke up crying. It was weird, wow. but it was powerful. And yeah. I remember like having a conversation with Shannon the next day and like the conviction in my eyes, like she could feel it. It was mm -hmm. weird. 
But like I've told you in the past, like sometimes I don't understand how you are able to one, give so much, but also be so much for so many different people without it let, letting like it overwhelm you. Mm-hmm. And your answer's always really been simple. Like you just know who you are. Like right. this is what I'm here for, right? I've always valued being that person. I've always valued being a go-giver and mm-hmm. doing things for people. I've, I view myself as a helper but there's always like a tipping point for me mm-hmm. where I would like keep doing more and more and more. And then I would just get so overwhelmed by the responsibility and the pressure right. to put food on all these people's plates and to be here to help these people and then to offer a hand to the my people's people. And right. it just starts getting into my own family. Mm-hmm. You know, it just starts getting overwhelming. But I had this like crazy moment of clarity of like, like that. I don't know how to explain it besides like that's just who I am. And right. like, like who do I want to be? This year, and I told Trav on a podcast too, like I want to be the guy that comes into a room and the energy is felt to where now everybody has more energy. Everybody's ready to grind. Everybody's more productive like because they feed off of that. And I'm like, how do I become that version of myself that walks in a room and it's felt in like in a positive manner? Mm -hmm. And I thought of you because we've talked about this with you and I'm like, man, it like blows me away. I don't know how you do it. But it was literally like having a dream waking up and being like, that's that's what I'm is. supposed to be, right. and now it's just like it, it's 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 weird how much uh, clarity I have on it, and how uh, I don't know if less overwhelming I guess would be the way to say it, mm-hmm. but like less overwhelming. Even the idea of being that person is like I'm just I just accept it. Like well, this it, is, and and that's the biggest part, right? Because remember, it's everything that you've gone through till this point, up until that dream or that moment of clarity, right? Like it shaped it started kind of clicking and shaping you of who it is that you really want to be for yourself, mm-hmm. right? Not not for anybody else, not trying to fill this space and this space, oh, but then also this space. And for me, that's why I've always said it. Like, I didn't, I didn't feel this way at 20 years old. I didn't feel this way, right? Like, it was always running around, making sure everybody was okay, making sure. But you do fall into this place of peace and comfort because you know that even if you don't reach your goals or whatever that you're trying to, like, you're doing the best you can. And the only way we know that is by taking inventory on our daily actions, right? Now, there's still moments where, obviously, we always want to do more, right? We want to reach more people. We want to help more people. And I've struggled with that from time to time of like, man, like, how can I double this and triple this? And, and you know, but then I have people like you that are like, man, you're already doing so much, right? I have Amy, my wife, like, you're already doing so much. And, and so I struggle more with how can I do more, now because i know who i am and what i'm here for more than why am i doing so little and for me that in itself was a big shift right because i always was like i'm not doing enough i'm not doing mm-hmm. enough and now it's like i it's registered that i can always do more but i know what it's going to cost mm-hmm. right and i'm not willing to sacrifice that yeah right? because of what i'm doing now that checks the boxes for me yeah right now we'll always strive to do more but i will never think about it as i'm not doing enough yeah because that, again, for me, was kind of like your epiphany. That was my epiphany. It's like, there's only so much I can do. And as long as I'm checking those boxes and taking inventory on my actions, then I should be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Now, if I take inventory and I feel that I'm not, now what am I doing to course correct at that point, right? Because I never want to feel like I'm not doing enough. Yeah. I always want to feel like I can give more, and that's what I always change. Yeah. I think a lot of times, too, there's like a... I mean, it's like the, the, I remember that movie way back, Pay It Forward, but it's, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, at a certain point, like if you're helping, for easy math, you're helping 10 people, after helping those 10 people for a certain amount of time, five of those people start to help 
people because you help them. Mm-hmm. So like the help you give the, those people becomes less and now you're able to help 10 more people. Mm-hmm. You're still kind of touching base with them, but they're like transcending that on, right. you know, right. I've looked at that a lot with like my own team. And like, that's mm-hmm. one of the things I'm excited about this year is like, we'll grow and I won't reveal too much of what we're going to do, but like, it's going to open up new opportunities for them to <clears throat> reach more, do more. Right. Exp- and, and now it's just, it's extending my olive branch even further too, right. you know? And that's like, one, that's one thing that I've, I've always, I've always said, cause someone is like, if you had obviously multiple wishes, but if you had like one wish, I wish that we could have a tracker of what oh, yeah. we do and how it affects. Yeah. Right. Because so many times, like I, I've helped people that met me through you. Yeah. I've had clients that because of you, they reached out, helped them. And then now they're helping and so yeah. on and so forth. Right. But it's like, if we could, have kind of like a little track. You wake up every morning, you're like, man, like mm-hmm. it went from five people to 25 last night. Yeah. And then it's, it's at 100. And then now it's at 1,000, yeah. right? That would really give us the fulfillment of what we do, right? But yeah. if we understand that we don't have the ability to have that tracker, right? Again, we fall back on the habits in our yeah. daily actions. Just knowing that as long as we, you know, walk in character, walk in our beliefs, everything else will take care of mm-hmm. itself. Right. Once you experience, like we're, I was actually trying to do as much math as I could for this because we have like a, a, our goal for this year of like how many people we want to coach on a regular Mm -hmm. basis to, to cap it off. Um, and then like some of that is also based on, it's obviously based on how many people can we handle at the most premium service? Cause that's what we're becoming is like a premium Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. coaching. But how many people does like how many close people does every person have? And mm-hmm. of those people, what's the percentage of the, like I started looking at research, like, okay, every person has eight to 12 is like the average right. 10 people. Everybody has like close with mm-hmm. how many of those people do they actually <clears throat> tell the ins and outs of what they do day to day? Probably half. Right. So if every one person really reaches five people and then one of those people let's split it in half, but like, it's like one person actually equals four. Right. So now we go here and then here and then like, five, <laughs> right, you know, right, right. start going down the line and we're like, we're going to track it as much as we can. Mm-hmm. But, um, and we'll obviously eventually do that with TLA to the point too, right. where yeah, yeah. like when we're able to actually put live numbers out where it's like, this one thing helps this, many. this is right. the actual, right. like what your transaction does for other people. Right. Um, but I know for me, man, once, once I started experiencing a little bit of like seeing people in public that had transformed in some way or mm-hmm. changed in some way just because they follow our stuff right. and I have no idea who they are. Like the, the first big one for me, I've ran into some people in public that just said, I love your podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, and that was cool. Right. But the first one that was big for me is when I, I ran into that guy in public, never talked to my life. He read the free ebook on our website mm-hmm. and he lost 50 and his wife lost 70 pounds. Yeah. And basically was like, I don't have to hire you anymore. <laughs> right. He gave me so much free <laughs> information. <laughs> and part of me is like, damn. But <laughs> now I'm like, man, that is crazy and he's like i tell everybody about you guys right. you guys literally have changed our lives we're both so much healthier because of it and everything i'm like that is nuts i've never met you you know right. and right. then like and then you go speak at a uh fitness business summit and i'm a, a speaker on business mm-hmm. and i have people in the crowd saying like they were modeling their business after me and they've yep. been following me for years all stuff and i'm like what's your name and like it's yeah fucking nuts right but it's like damn if that person builds a company half as big as mine mm-hmm. That's me directly over the next decade touching thousands and thousands exactly. and thousands more people. Right. You know, it's, right. but a lot of people like don't have, fortunately enough, we've built a following to where I do get to see some of that. But mm-hmm. like, I think a lot of people don't recognize because even, even your following is not huge, but like the amount of people who have been affected by you that you have zero idea about. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, uh, you could just go to your orphanage. Look around, but, <laughs> but I mean, right. like even the people 
who, I mean, shit, like pe- people could have listened to one podcast and hear right. that you did that and mm-hmm. then like go create some other kind of charity right. thing because they were like, well, if he did that, right. I mean, shit. I've, like, I've had people reach out to coach that they want coaching just to build like uh, a philanthropy aspect to their business. Right. And, and originally it was like, man, I, it worked for me. I mean, yeah. I know how I do it. And I think that, again, that goes back to with any business, right? Like, I mean, I did these things and obviously I can't take away all the pitfalls, yeah. right? But it, it, it's truly inspiring where right? when someone reaches out and like, yo, like I've got this company, this is how much we do a year, but and yeah, we've kind of donated here. We've supported a basketball team, that, that, but like I want something ongoing that we're consistently checking mm-hmm. the numbers, that we're making sure that we're pushing and that, for me, it's a beautiful thing. Why? Because it now it goes from, like, we have this amount that we want to hit. Yes, we're making revenue, right? But now this is, like, what I'm chasing. Yeah. It's not so much this. It's this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, the impact. Um, but, again, how that impact, right, once we build that philanthropy department for them or that side of the business for them, who knows, yeah. right? But, again, it goes back to as long as I keep doing what I'm doing the way I know to do it and – with high character, high integrity and all that, then everything else is going to work out because there will be a point where even, you know, you, you can check your followers, right? But that doesn't give you a, root, a true number of who they're talking to, yeah. even just sharing the information, yeah. right? You, they don't have to follow you, but it's like somebody that just says, I'm going to help my family become healthier. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to, I'm going to cook this way without even telling them, right? Or I'm going to start, yeah. you know, messing with the meals this way without even telling them because I want my family, like, that's just multiplying, you know, mm-hmm. multiplying at that point. Well, and that's too, like, uh, you used to have this on, like, the, it was it was basically, like, you have your check marks for the day, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember if it was a weekly or a daily. I think there was two aspects. It was, like, but a go-giver, right? Do right. something for somebody. Right, right. Like, so it's, co- like, if you get in the habit of doing those things, once in a blue moon, you get noticed doing it. Right. But it always feels damn good when you do, 100%. too. I, uh, the, one of the things I can think about, and it, like, the reason I'm saying this is because, like, you, you doing the philanthropy stuff, like whether you know the exact formula, which is never possible with business, right. you're able to guide them in a better mm-hmm. way and hold them accountable and just give them belief. Like, mm-hmm. dude, look what I did. Mm-hmm. Why would you not be able right. to do it? Right. It's rubbing off by example, right? Mm-hmm. So like one of our key characteristics that I'm building for, we have the team meet up. It's like the three principles, basically you have to act on not only to be a part of this team, meaning like this would be my like filter to hire, but also right. like we should be living this way because mm-hmm. that's the only way that we can hit our goal and build what we want to build. Right. Um, and one of them I, I just called role model, but it's, it's leading mm-hmm. by example, right? Okay. It's doing the right yep. thing. And so like uh, a good example of this is, and it was two birds, one stone. I was on a walk with Blakely and uh, she's riding her bike and I like called her to stop because there's this old couple that had like all their like uh, Christmas stuff and they have mm. the nativity thing, you know, right, right. the wind is always knocking that shit down. So every time I'm, I'm walking by, I'm like, all right, I'm like pitching them back in their right. yard. And like, it's just like a rant. I've right. never talked to them in my life, right. but they're like a cute old couple. I see them. Yeah. I'm like, I don't want you guys out here doing this, <laughs> but I stopped Blakely so I could do it because the wind blew it down again. And part of me is like, I'm about to buy him a better one. Cause it's like this big <laughs> thing. So I'm like sticking it in there and, and she, Blakely's watching me do it. And I fix it. And like the whole time this old lady's watching out the window. And as soon as I finished, she was like so happy and she thanked me and like right. Blakely waves at her. She was all happy. We come back and the first thing, mom, guess what dad did? Right. Tells her. And then we drive by and she's like, it's still up. Dad fixed that. Like, and she keeps talking yeah. about it, but I showed her how to be a go-giver. Right. And I got a pre and it was perfect that the old lady saw me and appreciated me right, in right, front right. of Blakely. Cause right. I just re- ingrained it more. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But like now Blakely knows to act that way. Mm-hmm. Right. And so again, it's, it's leading by example. It's, 
exactly. you're really going to be a go-giver, you do it when no one's watching. Sometimes mm-hmm. somebody is actually fucking right. watching. Right, right, right. But you also do it intentionally being watched by the people you want to, to act that way. Exactly. For us, it's clients, right? right? And that's why I said for the team, we got to be role models. Like mm-hmm. if we're telling our clients to, hey, we're gonna, we need to be more organized with your food or with your training or anything, motherfucker, you better be really organized right. with your schedule, with your work, with your communication, with everything. Because yep. if you're going to be a role model, you got to practice what you preach. Exactly. You know, and I think like to me, that's what a lot of it boils down to. And if you're, if you're really like, um, I said this to Shannon the other day too, like ever since my like weird epiphany mm-hmm. Christmas dream, um, uh, the thing I told her was like, I'm going to be extremely intentional about everything I say, everything I do, how mm-hmm. I act to you as a husband, as a, how I act as a father, a leader, like, and I've felt so good about that ever since. And a lot of the things that as a husband or father would seem kind of like homework, like I got to do this, or right. even some of like the habits of like appreciation or dating mm-hmm. or anything like that, or like, I got to do this it's on checklist. None right. of it feels like a checklist anymore. Right. Like I'm excited to do it. Mm-hmm. There's more enthusiasm in it. My house energy is on a different level, dude. Well, and it's, the, and it's the buy-in, yep. right? And again, remember, it's even if it started off as a checklist, mm-hmm. right? Through the experience, through do it consistently, you've seen the positive outcomes that it brings, not only from the outside to you, but from you, mm-hmm. right? Like you actually, the feel that you have. And again, so many times we do things or we don't do things because we don't want it to feel like it's a check, like a checkbox, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, I'd like, like uh, that should just grow in me to give back. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, but you also have 13 other things that you got to worry about. But if you really care about this one thing, you will make it a habit to check the box just because you don't want to fail on that because mm-hmm. that's who you really want to be, Yeah. right? So again, when we talk about even multitasking and all that, right? At the top of the list is the things that we know we have to do, whether it's for work or at home or whatever. And then we have the second list of things that really only make us feel good. And nine times out of 10, that list gets left behind because we feel bad that it's a, a box we're checking. It's like, I want to go to church every week, right? Should I feel bad that it's a box that I want to check? No, right? Because that's who I want to become. And if I don't make it a habit to make it a box, then I'm already faltering on who it is that I want to be. Mm-hmm. It's a box because I want to make sure that it gets done. Yeah. Right. But there's so many negative connotation when it comes to like, well, you should, you should, you shouldn't have to, you know, make it a box to take your wife on date night. You shouldn't have to, to spend time with the kids. Like it should just happen. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, but we have all these other things that also have to happen as well. Yeah. Right. So it's just the importance of it. Yeah. I've talked to people about that, even with like putting uh, that stuff in your calendar, mm-hmm. like nothing wrong date with night it. in my calendar, buy flowers in my right. calendar. Yeah. It's like, yeah, you have to set a reminder for that. Really? Right. It's like, absolutely. Yeah. I don't want to forget. Yeah. It's important to me. And <laughs> right. I got a long list of shit to right. do. So right. it's like, but again, like, and we'll get into the questions here in a sec, because believe it or not, people listen, this is a Q&A. Um, <laughs> but the, I think a lot of it, it like stems back to one of the first things you said, and I've said this many times, is like, who do you want to become? And I think that's what like has set my year on fire. And again, like for people listening, if you want people to, around you to be different, not even from a standpoint of like you don't like who they are now, but if right. you if you if you truly wish for them to be better mm-hmm. and improve their lives, it starts with you. And mm-hmm. especially like the way I looked at it was like my mindset kind of shifted from like I have this fucking responsibility. Like I got to be the positive one. Right. I got to be the rock. Right. I got to be this. Mm-hmm. I got to make sure I'm enthusiastic in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. To like, man, I get to set these people on fire mm-hmm. if I just choose 
Like, right. and there's days where I walk home and I'm like, I literally, I'm like, all right, fake a smile and start dancing. Yeah. Fucking turn on the music, start dancing with Blakely and everything changes. I'm in a better mood because of it. It rubs off. Like, um, I talked to, I have one-on-one calls with everybody on the team, uh, a couple times a month. And this week I had to call with all the coaches, right? And they're all fucking on fire yeah. since the meeting on Friday. Why? Because I was on fire. Cause right. I'm so hype about this year. Right. But if I show up that way and I get enthusiastic and I choose intentionally to be that version in front of them, mm-hmm. they will feed off of it. Well, and remember, again, it's who you want to be. Exactly. Right? And when we talk about, right, like even I'll use my client again as an example, you know, there's, there's, there's two ways of going about it when you're trying to create a positive environment, right? If you're, if you're in an environment right now, let's say your group of friends aren't, aren't positive, they, you know, they, they're not helping you become who you want to become, right? There's like a fine line of removing yourself, right? And never coming back to the group. And then there's a different way of you remove yourself to become who you want to become. And then you come back and help, right? Mm-hmm. But right now in society, there's so much, and, and some people are probably going to not be happy with what I'm going to say, right? But of protecting our peace, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, if you want to, pro- you should protect your peace at all costs, 100%, right? But, once you find the peace, once you find the joy, once you find your formula that works for you, why not come back yeah. and save more people? Mm-hmm. Right now, there's so many people turning and like, well, Cody wasn't good for me, so I'm not going to hang out with him anymore. He drinks too much. He doesn't eat healthy, you know. And then I remove myself to make myself who I want to be, but then I never come back to help you bring you back to the other side. Yeah. Because now it's like, now I'm just hanging out with Travis because Travis does eat healthy and doesn't drink and you know mm-hmm. that kind of stuff but then we forget and again i can't honestly say that i'm a go-giver that i want to help as many people that I, and again in my character in my beliefs i can't say that and not want to keep bringing people over mm-hmm. now then there's a discussion of well how do you know what you do is what's right yeah right and it's like again i'm not going over there forcing anybody to come i'm just now infecting that with what i feel are positive and people can take it or leave it Right. But this whole like turning your back and removing yourself and not even sharing what might help. Now you're turning your back on a group of people that you say you want to help, but now you're helping other people, which is great, but you're forgetting about the ones that you know need the help. Yeah. And sometimes I would say like not everybody wants to be saved. Like we all know that. But a lot of times it's not that they don't want to be saved. They're not ready. Mm -hmm. So if you come back, they might be in that place. Mm -hmm. They might be ready. They might be more accepting of it. And they're not going to be ready if they don't even know what changes it is you're trying to make, yeah. right? So many people are like, and for instance, I won't even tell you why I'm not hanging out with you anymore. Yeah. I'm just not going to hang out with you anymore. Yeah. When it could be like, I'm not even giving you the benefit of the doubt to be like, oh man, if it bothers you when I drink, boom, I want to kick it with you. I won't drink. Yeah. But I'm removing your, your whole opinion and your way of thinking by making the decision myself. Mm-hmm. Now, if I come to you and say, yo man, like honestly, dude, I'm trying to stop drinking. I'm trying to do this. Like, and it's just tough when you're around and you're like, I'm going to keep drinking, man. You do whatever you want to do. Now I know. Yeah. Right? But now I'm making the decision based off of your decision instead of just off of mine. And again, I'm not even giving you the benefit of the doubt to want to be on this journey with me. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's where a lot of people are getting hung up because, well, I'm protecting my peace. It's like, protect your peace, but also communicate. Yeah. Because, again, you're not giving people the benefit of the doubt to want to be on that journey with you. Yeah. I think a lot of people are are very afraid of judgment and confrontation. Mm -hmm. In just in general, I think right. like, I mean, in today's world, like I've said it a million times on podcasts, it's just 
very sensitive time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's afraid. It's easier to walk away than to say something. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. And everybody's afraid of, of – it's like it's, – it's very polarized. It's either like too much of your own opinion and not even like that you don't have the right to state your opinion, but like calm down. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need – like the fact that you think your opinion is a fact and you're right. going to change somebody else who believes something else, like – we're not changing world beliefs here. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like it's, it's right. like think of religion. Two mm-hmm. people have been born and raised in the same religion. Do you think you're going to argue with that person right. and tell them why they're like, no, right. you're just going to accept that. Like right. you're Jewish. I'm Christian. Like, cool. that's, and again, if, if that's what works for you and that <laughs> yeah. gives you the fulfillment, it checks the boxes, you mm-hmm. know, it helps build you however it is for who you want to be. Yeah. Why would I want anything different? Yeah. And, and, and that one's, I think a pretty obvious one where people were like, well, yeah, I wouldn't argue with that person. But to me, I go like, to an extent, that's where politics gets. Like, at mm-hmm. a certain point, it's like, dude, just shut up. Like, right. we get it. Like, we think differently. Who right. Ca- Like, right. we're humans. That's what humans do. It's right. just, like, obnoxious. But my, my biggest thing with that is, with anything, right, politics, obviously, because it's, it's, it's the heated conversations. But my first thing is, perfect, what, what are we doing to change? Yeah. Oh, my God, did you believe? Can you believe they voted on this? Cool. What are we, are we, are we going to go campaign? What are we doing, man? Like, we yeah. want to make some signs and be at the corner? And yeah. Just, well, then you're not really that passionate about yeah. it, right? Like you're just trying to cause a commotion. At you that like point. arguing, I yeah, yeah. at that point because yeah. it's like, let's go do something about it. Yeah, if it really bothers you that much, yeah, let's go do something about it. Yeah, but it, it's never the case. No, yeah. Well, and in like, uh, I think that we can we can kind of start transitioning some of the questions of what this is about. But like, um, to to kind of like circle back to the who you want to become thing, that was a big piece of why I think like even at the beginning you said like TLA. I mean, it's been so, like clothing in general has been something I've always thought about, but like TLA was something you and I talked about for a while and it was a conversation of like, am I ready? Is the business ready? Like all those kind of things. And I think one of the things that influenced it, obviously being a, a, an intelligent business owner and systemizing things, delegating, empowering my team to have different mm-hmm. responsibilities. And we're still in the process of doing that, but that's ultimately what makes businesses grow. Mm-hmm. You know that you've built mm-hmm. so many teams over time, but understanding the why behind it, you right. know, cause like at first kind of like I ask myself these questions like well why do you want like an apparel company and apparel's cool mm-hmm. like I want to be cool like that's just not mm-hmm. a good answer you know right. <laughs> it's it's true right I do think it's fucking cool and I think owning an apparel business is cool right. and I think it would be being very successful at it is really cool right but there's more to it it's like there has to be some kind of me and that's where like feel inspired to succeed mm-hmm. came from like that whole fits tagline is like I like why do like I had to boil like peel the onion a little bit more like why do I like clothing well, mm-hmm. I, I like fashion. Why do I like fashion? Well, like I like having the ability to like, this sounds weird, but like look very like uh, professional work mode one day, work kind of like sh- look street mm-hmm. or like skater one day, look like kind of preppy one day. Like mm-hmm. that's fashion. Like right. I can, you can be a chameleon. You right. can like look different. You can express that creatively. Mm-hmm. I like that aspect, but more than any of it, when it's new and it's fresh or something lasts long, if I get a new haircut, Mm-hmm. line up anything I feel so much better right. Right? right right and so it's like number one I want everybody to feel that all the time right. like part of the reason why like you know I get I go to the barber every single Saturday morning is because that gives me like probably like four days in a row where I feel real clean and real right. good fifth day is like kind of rugged <laughs> by today it's Friday I was recording so right. I'm like I'm ready for the morning <laughs> But clothes, I can do that every day, right. you know? So, like, I'm like, I want to I give that feeling to people. And mm-hmm. then I want to give that feeling to people who cannot afford mm-hmm. to go to the barber every single week. Right. Because that is, like, for some people, listen, it's a ridiculous expense, like, mm-hmm. if you think about it. Not oh, yeah. that, like, I don't go to some fancy barber that's, right. like, over-the-top expensive. But it still is. It adds up. 
it adds up and it is I mean that's a lot of money to, mm-hmm. like do I really need a haircut every right, week? Right. no but like I choose to spend my money on that because it feels good and I can mm-hmm. honestly right. and so I want like how do we empower other people to maybe it's not the barber but it's close mm-hmm. how do we get more on the backs of like we talked about at the orphanage people mm-hmm. that like no matter what right now they can't afford they can't even afford our stuff mm-hmm. so how do we like get this on the people who can so that we can give it to the people who can't, you right. know, like, but it, it, it comes down to having a why. And I think every business needs to have that. But the why behind it for me was just that is like, I feel this way when I'm fresh and when I'm clean, when I have a haircut, when I have new clothes, how do I make other people feel like this constantly? Right. Like and that feeling associated with the clothing is where it goes over top. Cause the reality is, is you don't have to, I mean, I wear some clothes that like, uh, like this, this is a uh, BYLT. Mm-hmm. No idea what their fucking why right. is. <laughs> right. So right. I'm not saying right, like right. I only buy right. ones with because meaning. of it. Right. It's a nice thermal. I like right. it. But <laughs> but I think the, the the one thing to point out there is again it's your experience and your feelings mm-hmm. of what apparel has done for you that you want to share that right. And again, so many times even that thought process there gets dismissed. But that's another avenue of you sharing what it is that you've experienced mm-hmm. that you want other people to feel yeah in one shape or another right yeah. i mean that but we can't dismiss it we can't dismiss it as yes there's obviously you know to make it profitable and make money and and be able to give back more and all that but the underlying like the reason there is you want people to feel what you feel when you mm-hmm. wear good clothes yeah yeah and there's a there's a i think there's a cultural aspect behind it too obviously like this is if i don't understand this one as much because i don't collect sneakers like this mm-hmm. but if you ask like somebody who collects oh, yeah. and actually like wears them all the time mm-hmm. and like they see another sneakerhead and it's like it's connection oh my god yeah. you got the Whatever. fill in the blank <laughs> right and it's like this connection you know mm-hmm. like i even to this day like the only it's funny because a lot of the the guys i grew up with don't aren't in fitness like mm-hmm. i am mm-hmm. so when they do respond to anything on instagram stuff usually it's like those kicks or right dude, that crew neck is sick. Even if right. it's not our crew, it's right, something right, I'm right. wearing, you know, the shorts or whatever. That's how like we connect, mm-hmm. you know? And it's mm-hmm. like, it's like that we recognize that, right. that fresh look. And, mm-hmm. and obviously if we can create that for people too, it, it creates reason to talk. It's the same thing with 100%. tattoos, you know, right. like I, I'm that way with tattoos. A connection point. Yeah. Yeah. hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, all right. So, so this podcast obviously is, uh, it's personal development business talk. Um, I had a quick thing I wanted to say and it turned into this. I don't know how, how, how <laughs> what are we, where are we at? 50 minutes? Dope. Uh, no, like how many, how much, how long we've we been recording? Oh, okay. We started at 11 on the dot. Yeah. Dope. I did not know that. <laughs> I was like, I know it's 11.50, but um, right. this is probably going to be a, a two-parter, which is even better. Yeah. Um, as long as you're good on time. Um, yeah. Cool. All right, guys. That was part one of the two-part Tailored Life Apparel podcast that I am recording with Andreas. Uh, it went way longer than expected, but it was for a good reason. We got a ton of content. And on the next part, part two, we're going to dive into the questions. We have six specific questions all around personal development and business. So be on the lookout for that and check out part two.